Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Welcome to Passionate World Talk Radio. Educate, enlighten, entertain. Hi, everyone. Here is my disclaimer. Any information discussed in this interview may not be the views of the station or host. Please discuss any information with your primary care physician. This is Betsy Wurzel, your host of Chatting with Betsy on Passionate World Talk Radio, where we're a mantra to educate, enlighten, and entertain. Folks, it's a small world, very small world. And I have a guest with me who I met through um, Darren Evans, who I just interviewed last week, who lives in England, told me about my guest today, Alex Leff. And Alex Leff is a very exceptional young man. He is a emerging documentary filmmaker. He does a Mercer Theater creator and podcast producer. His most recent film, Cycle of Memory, won Best of the Festival at the Sunset LA Film Festival in 2022. When working on this production, he released a critically acclaimed immersive theater comedy, Bar of Dreams, and worked on several HBO and PBS documentary documentaries. Uh, filmmaker, as a filmmaker, as an assistant editor, and folks, you need to watch Cycle of Memory. It is heart touching. And I'm going to introduce Alex, and he's going to talk about why he did the Cycle of Memory film and uh, where you could all watch it. Welcome, Alex, left to Chatting with Betsy. Thanks so much, Betsy. I'm really happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh, you're welcome. So, Alex, I know what your film is about. I know why you did uh, the film, and it's Excellent, folks. Um, so I want you to tell the audience, why did sure. you do the Cycle of Memory film? Yeah, well, so Cycle of Memory is a documentary about me and my siblings' journey to find the memories our grandfather lost to Alzheimer's by recreating his 1945 bicycle adventure. And I had, ever since I was little, Grandpa Mel would tell us about this bike trip he took with his best friend all the way from Brooklyn to the city of Philadelphia. Uh, he grew up in Brooklyn during the Great Depression to Jewish immigrants from Eastern Europe. And they biked to Philadelphia over the course of a couple of days. And it was this like big deal for them. They had never been that far from home. They did it totally on their own. It was just at that time, New Jersey in between was farm fields and forests and hard to navigate. There wasn't as many highways, of course. And I always grew up hearing about this. And I was actually born in Philadelphia. So um, without any relationship to the bike trip, he, he went from his childhood home to my childhood home. And 
this was a memory that was clearly very, very important to him. And as he was losing his memories to Alzheimer's, this was kind of the one, it was almost like Alzheimer's was sifting through his life experiences and really honing in on what was like most crucial to his identity and story, you know? And this bike trip is one of the ones that really started to be emphasized as deeply meaningful and significant to him. And my sibling and I have always been inspired by that bike trip, have gone on our own bike trips as well. And I was just kind of thinking of ways to hold on to my connection with him. And then my grandma found the photographs that they took in 1945 from that trip. And you can see Grandpa Mel and his friend George standing next to each other with their bikes at various locations and street signs and rivers. And um, I thought Kobe, my sibling and I should recreate the trip, uh, try to find those places on the photographs 75 years later and see if we can connect with Grandpa Mel's legacy anymore from doing this. I thought it was beautiful. I'll tell you what, I laughed, I cried. Um, I mm. could definitely uh, relate. Um, my uh, mom, I grew up in the Bronx, and uh, my mom's parents are from uh, Europe. What no part of Europe is your um, grandfather's it was, been? It was Russia, but uh, you know, now it's Latvia. Oh wow! Mine was <laughs> mine was uh, Russia too, but now it's the uh, Ukraine. Oh, so, there you go. Uh, they, yeah, they might have um, they left before World War One, and when the program started, yeah. you know, they kicked off their land. Um, and I I just uh, loved how you took the pictures and you made that trip with your brother, and then you and your brother were also dealing with your relationship with each other. Yes, that was the thing that uh one of the one of the many things, but one of the main things that <laughs> I did not account for um I you know, as we say in the film, Kobe and I had you know, n- normal but difficult sibling tension throughout our childhood. I was the older brother and very bossy. Whenever we would make <laughs> movies together, I would be the director and the executive producer and tell Kobe exactly what I wanted him to do and um that that is kind of something that we never quite got over and i was hoping that this film would be an olive branch to heal a little of that and um as you can see in the film we we're, we're struggling with that it's very raw and real and i and we get into arguments and ultimately what i really respect is that you know kobe uh even with all of the hurt that they're still carrying, trusted me enough to, you know, knew that, like, we were recording. All, all of our arguments were, like, some of them were passing the microphone back and forth while we're uh, <laughs> giving each other our, you know, our thoughts. And Kobe knew that I was going to edit it, and that felt like a really important responsibility to tell a story that would resonate with them and feel like would be a fair representation of thoughts and luckily they did feel that way so that's good yes yes i i can i very much going to say with with that because my sister two years older 
and she would be the teacher when we played school. <laughs> and yeah. she was always very um, a bossy. <laughs> so I, yeah. I could definitely uh, relate to Kobe. <laughs> Did, did you so did you ever as adults like have moments of really addressing that or did how did it play out as you got older? Uh we don't talk to each other unfortunately. We just don't get along. I mean we we, we never yeah. did and then there's um you know parents sometimes put one child uh, against the other and you know when they show that yeah. favoritism and it's not uh, good but we we don't really talk. She's in California. I'm in New Jersey, so um, it's unfortunate, but that's just you know the way it is. So I've just um, yeah. accepted that. Um, I don't like people talking down to me, and yeah. she tends to do that. So, and I really, um, I did watch the film like I think a week or two ago. So I'm trying to uh, remember it. I was so touched. Because I was a caregiver for my mother-in-law and mm. uh, my husband. And my dad had uh, Alzheimer's. And when your mom and your sister were talking about, um, my mom you know, my uh, now, yeah, your mom yeah. and your grandma, yeah, sorry about that. Um, okay. You know, having to place your your grandfather, and that he didn't, you know, know where things are, and George's friend saying, you know, I'm here, buddy. I was just choked up. I was. Yeah. I mean, if this film gets to you, but in a good way, and if it doesn't touch your heart, then I don't think you have one. That's just, I'm a Jersey girl. You know, we say it like it is. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was the first thing that I filmed for the film when I was considering doing this. Um, so George and my grandpa were best friends ever since they were five years old. They met in kindergarten. As George talks about, you know, they would go on all sorts of adventures as teenagers around Brooklyn. And he has this one memory of studying for his bar mitzvah and being stuck inside in this class and listening to Mel my grandpa outside the classroom, bouncing a ball against the wall, waiting for him to come out and play with him. And so they, uh, you know, then grew up, had their families, stayed in touch, but then spent a couple decades being too busy with their families to really, they kind of lost track with each other, but then in their middle age reconnected and like formed their friendship as strong as ever well into their seventies and eighties. And, so that, you know, that's a long, deep friendship. And I had heard about George. He lives in Buffalo, New York. So I had never actually met him, but I heard a lot of stories and seen pictures. And so when I was working on this project, I reached out to George. And at this point, Grandpa Mel was already in a nursing home and his memory was pretty far gone. But George said he wanted to visit Grandpa. So I thought, okay, I'll, I'm going to bring my camera, camera and see um, how this goes. And as you can see in the film, like George is just so loving and patient. And as he says, like, like Mel, take a look at me, like see if I'm still the same friend, you know, I'm still your same friend. I may not have as much hair on my head, but I'm still the <laughs> same guy. And, and um, so you can see, I can recite the film <laughs> having seen it too many times, but um, I was just very touched to see, 
and think of my own friendships. Um, obviously, I um, have not lived nearly as long as them. My friendships aren't quite as long, but I do have friends that I've kept throughout my life and friends that I'm making now and imagining having them be in my life and just seeing the way we kind of, even if we lose our memories, people hold on to our memories for us and that we're holding on to memories for the loved ones in our lives as well too. And and that they kind of live on in that way is very moving. Yes. Yes, it is. I'm going to probably get for clumped here, but um, I truly believe Alex that, and I've seen this, I truly believe that dementia, no matter what kind a person has, it cannot rob the heart of love. It may rob mm. the brain and it robs the brain, but the heart knows love. And I mm. believe your grandfather, he knew George's voice. He, mm-hmm. he knew it. And he knew, you know, it, his wife's voice and, and your, um, your mom's. Just because they can't, a person can't talk doesn't mean they don't remember that person's voice and they feel the love. Love is a very strong emotion. And I, I do. I, I really believe that, that yeah, love is, is there. Um, and you can, um, you know, just see it. I like the story where your father was eating his porridge and he wanted yes. to go out and play. <laughs> Yeah, I, I could tell that. But uh, so my, my, another main character from the story is my grandpa's older brother, Lenny. And Lenny is kind of more aggressive and a little bossy, and um, of course not not necessarily as a uh, later in life, but when they were little kids. So there was a parallel there between me and uh, my brotherhood, and then uh, Lenny and Mel's brotherhood as well. And so I had always heard of the story as a kid, and uh, I got it them to tell it for the film. It was very indicative of their relationship. So they grew up in the Depression in Brooklyn, and there's four boys, and the mom is serving them, as Lenny describes this, uh, this slop or this stew. <laughs> and she'd say, like, here's some for you, here's some for you. She'd just, like, put, take a big ladle and flop it down on the plate. And she said, you have to finish your porridge, or you can't go outside to play. And they're all dying to go outside and, and play with their friends. They can hear their friends outside. And so Lenny finishes his porridge. Um, or sorry, sorry, no. He doesn't finish his porridge. Mel finishes his porridge, and he goes out to play. Um, but then Lenny takes this empty bowl from Mel's spot and switches it with his full bowl. And so when his mom sees this, it looks like Lenny finishes his porridge and Mel just left outside playing without eating his food. So Lenny (laughs) calls their mom sticking her head out the window and he could still hear her go like, Melvin, you get in here. (laughs) And that was uh, something that happened, you know, 70, 80 years ago, but they never forgot it. It was a defining moment of their lives. Yeah, that was pretty funny. I... I just uh, thought it was incredible for, um, to me, you're a young man because I'll be able to be your mother. <laughs> and uh, for you to, to do this film in honor of your grandfather and to preserve his memory and also to promote awareness about mm-hmm. Alzheimer's, I, I think that's wonderful. 
Um, My grandparents have always meant so much to me, and I've just been really always kind of in awe of, you know, here I am when I was little, like just coming into the world, and here's this person who's lived all this life, and they've, you know, they had grandparents, they had all these experiences, and we get to overlap for this just certain amount of time and get to share our life experiences. And I think what, because people will say to me like, wow, I like, you know, I, I've, you know, it's rare to have a young person have such an interest in their elders. And, and what I tell them is that my grandparents always had such a strong interest in me. Um, and it always felt very reciprocal and that helped me really feel as a little kid, like, Oh, these are people who really care about me. I really care about them. And yeah, just knowing that they're not going to be in my life forever and they're very precious to me and I want to honor them and, and can, and know that I'm continuing their legacy. I'm hopefully healing things they couldn't heal in their lifetime. And if I can, I mean, I guess I also, what always moved me is they would tell me stories about their parents, like people who I never even got to meet and just getting to, have my family extend beyond the living um, and really have like ancestors with legends about them just really brought so much richness and meaning to my life. I'd like to hopefully, you know, hypothetically bring that to my uh, future children and grandchildren as well. Uh, Yes. I remember going to my uh, mother's um, parents' house. I didn't really know my father's family and looking at pictures, looking at pictures of the people uh, in Europe. And, you know, my grandmother talked about how they came to America. She didn't talk about this mm. ship for some reason. And I asked my mother, I said, did Grandma talk about her experiences on the ship? And she said no. So you, it mm. makes me wonder what went on that she didn't talk about that. But I wished I would have recorded my, my grandmother, you know, but that wasn't really big back then. And mm-hmm. my grandmother could have written a wonderful romance novel. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, just beautiful. My grandfather and my grandmother were first cousins. And my grandfather left. He left his whole family behind at the age of 14 or 15. Mm. He left. And then he wow. didn't see any of his... Um, own family till after World War II. Oh and he gosh. saw one of his sisters. Uh, they were either, and then a, um, one of his sisters came in 1976. That was pretty funny. She came from Russia, what? and my grandmother couldn't stand her. <laughs> so, they, really? so she went out to Brighton Beach, um, where a lot of Russian Jews live. And uh, she, she was there. I get to them. My grandmother was so mad because she said, I had to work for everything and she got everything. Mm. Uh, that was, um, that was, but just to know that the history and to pass it on to, you know, your future children and future grandchildren, I, I think it's wonderful. What would you like people to take away from your film, Alex? And where can they see it? Yeah. Well, so if you go to cycleofmemory.com, you can sign up for our mailing list. I only send every once in a while about very important updates. And uh, so we just finished the film 
earlier this year and have begun uh, having it at some festivals. It will be a few more festivals coming up later this year in Tennessee and Miami and San Antonio. Um, there's another one off the top of my head. I'm forgetting. Um, and then we're going to be setting up local screenings with the Alzheimer's Association and senior centers and uh, high schools. And so if you email me at alex at cycleofmemory.com, um, can get in touch and bring the film to your town as well. And um, eventually, we'll, maybe in a, a year or so, we'll be streaming online as well. But we're just at the beginning of our um, journey of getting the film out there and really excited to bring it to people. So that is exciting. How long did it take you to make this film? So in 2014, I was on a long backpacking trip, and I had a lot of time to just think. And that's when I first had the idea for the film. Um, I was like, okay, we'll go on the bike trip. We'll try to find Grandpa's memories. And um, I was still in college at the time, and I had two years left, and I thought, okay, if I – if I know this is going to be a big project and it's going to take years and I'm not going to know if it is possible. And so I really need to know I'm going to be able to commit to this idea. So in 2014, I said, all right, you have two years until you graduate. If you still want to do this film when you graduate, then you'll know that it's important enough that it's stayed with you this time. And 2016, when I graduated, I knew, okay, I'm ready to like really commit to working on this, however long it takes. And uh, and it ended up taking a long time, and lots of things happened in between, including a global pandemic, um, a lot of turbulence in our society as well as in my life. Um, I spent like you know a majority of my twenties working on this film, so all in all, it ended up being uh, a five to six year process of research and filming family members and planning the bike trip, doing the bike trip, then editing for years and years and years, um, working with a small team, collaborating with great musicians to do the um, score. And finally, after five and a half years, we were able to complete the film, which is something that I never doubted that we'd finish it. I always, um, I never was quite sure if it would be any good. <laughs> there was definitely times where I was like, you know, sorting through all the footage and trying to edit scenes. And I just felt like, honestly, to myself, like, all right, well, I'll make this, but it might suck. Uh, so uh, it, was, it was a really interesting challenge to just have to kind of move forward blindly with something and um, have faith that it would work out in the end. And I'm really grateful to have gone through with this process. And we had a whole crowdfunding campaign to raise some money for it and a lot of it came out of just like the money I was earning on the side from the jobs I was working on during the day. Um, yeah, but it was a big, it almost felt like a, a community barn raising in a way to, um, well, that's, get that's great. So you, people. you know, people, when people watch a documentary, I mean, I know I didn't realize it until I had interviewed someone who did a documentary about, um, the mother of Normandy. And he said it took him five years, the years that it takes to do a documentary that might be 90 minutes long. I mean, that just blew me away. You know, um, 
it's just incredible. I, I had to ask. I have to ask you this because I'm curious. As I was watching sure. you and your brother on this bike trip, um, did you come across any um, like what did you do when it rained? Did the elements? I think it might have rained in in one clip. Or did you meet any yeah. rude people along the way? Or most people helpful to you? Yeah, I mean, it, it, yeah, it rained in that one scene you can see, and uh, we have all this camera equipment, and uh, don't tell my grandma, but the rain jacket she lent to Kobe uh, did not work, so he got soaked, um, <laughs> and that kind of added to our attention a bit, too, and uh, I'd say we only met, like, very kind people. I mean, it would take a specific person to meet two brothers that are recreating their bike trip for their grandpa and then uh, be mean to them. Um, so we, 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 or we got lucky. Um, but I think like, so for example, we had to cross the river from Staten Island to New Jersey. And back in 1945, there was this little ferry that would take George and Mel across. And today there's no ferry. There's only a bridge, which you're actually not allowed to ride your bike on. So we were like, Oh shoot. Like, how are we going to get across this river? And to kind of recreate the ferry experience, we were looking up different fishing boats, fishing charters to see if anyone would take us across. And we encountered this guy, Joe, who's in the film. And he was so touched yeah, by he's our story. He was, yeah, he was funny. Yeah. <laughs> and um, he took us across and that was just so nice to um, be helped out in that way. And then, in another scene, you'll see uh, we passed this Memorial Day barbecue and the folks called out to us and gave us burgers and hot dogs. And um, yeah, and so it, it's rare, increasingly rare to have those experiences in our culture of engaging with strangers in that way and being a traveler on the road. And, you know, we usually can just kind of plug in our GPS, uh, Google Maps, and it'll take us right there and we can do all these trips without really relying on anyone for help, but to kind of be in that vulnerable position. And, um, you know, Kobe and I are also generally nice people as well. So I think that helps. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's really <laughs> yeah. Kind of a, a position where we did need help sometimes and that people could help us. Uh, definitely, you know, the New York and New Jersey and Philadelphia don't always have the reputations of being home <laughs> to, <laughs> you know, the, true. The, a certain kind of, um, it, it, it doesn't have the same Southern hospitality reputation. Let's just say that. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, but, but in reality, it's actually a, a bunch of, you know, it's, it's filled with many, many generous and kind people. And we really got to meet them in the film. I thought that was so cool about the Memorial Day barbecue, and I was like, oh, Alex wasn't that far for me. I wish I knew you back then. <laughs> I, I know. Um, That's so funny. Maybe, you, maybe you've passed under that exact bridge that we were filming. You know, it was just uh, incredible. I said, oh, he's in South Amboy, and I think you were in North Amboy, and I live yeah. in uh, Islam, which is part of Woodbridge, and I said, Oh, that's cool. And, you know, just thinking about, like, you did your trip now that the roads are all developed and everything. But yeah. when your grandfather did it, you wonder, like, that was brave of yeah, your that, grandfather that, and his friend. 
That's the funny thing, like always hearing about this trip and the fields they went through and the streams they had to cross and the forests they traversed, uh, you know, throughout New Jersey. And then doing it today, uh, Kobe and I are like, huh, you know, there's not as many fields and forests. Um, obviously, there, there is some, and, and New Jersey still is, despite its reputation, actually, I find a very beautiful state. Um, but, yeah, it was very built up. I mean, for us, some of the more dangerous, hectic moments wasn't from traversing uh, those kinds of lands, but traversing the highways and oh, yeah. having the, the streets and the suburbs really not accommodating to bicycling. Um, so that was a challenge in of itself. That's what I was thinking. I'm thinking, oh, these guys are going on, you know, on a bicycle on these dangerous roads. Um, and I was like, you know, I said, you're I thought like, wow, that takes guts. What did your mom think of your doing this film? Like, was she worried about your safety, you know, Kobe's safety? Did she think it was a great idea? She was, yeah, I mean, she was definitely really moved by it. Um, you know, we're honoring the memory of her father, and she's in the film and got, gave her a chance to reflect on all this. So she was really appreciative. And we've, Kobe and I have gone on a few other adventures separately and also together, like a, four years before the bike trip, the two of us um, biked from Colorado to South Dakota. And that was a very, and we weren't, that wasn't for a film. We weren't filming that. And uh, that was very harrowing physically. Um, so compared to that, this was uh, the bicycling aspect of this trip was a piece of cake. <laughs> and the difficultness was just our, the difficulty was our, our relationship in navigating that and trying to find some common ground as well as, you know, we're moving so slowly. Um, we have to, we bike for a few miles. We have to take out the film equipment set up the camera, set up the audio, the mics, and um, so that it wasn't as uh, physically dangerous or harrowing as other adventures. So I think by comparison, my mom would talk good about that. Wow, yeah, I could just picture, when I think of, you know, out west to bike, I would think of mountain lions and bears and all those predators out there. <laughs> Two-legged we, we and four-legged. Yeah, we didn't encounter any predators in New Jersey, so that's good. Uh, that's, that, I, I just think the film, folks, you got to see it. You have to see it. It is cycle of memory. And I, I feel very strongly about this film, Alex. I think all um, associations, like old-timers associations and Alzheimer's groups should really show your film. I think mm. senior centers should show your film and assisted living places. Right. Uh, I think they should show your film also. And I wish you uh, much uh, mazel, uh, which is luck. And Thank I want to say mazel top to you on um, you. achieving this. This is a wonderful. Um, it, it's just incredible. I should ask this before I interviewed you. Is your grandfather still with us? He passed away while we were editing the film, um, which he, at that point, his memory was completely gone. And um, we had already 
been, you know, having years of the long goodbye. And that was the, I knew making the film, like, there's only so many more years we can really work on this. So the timing was a blessing and the fact that I was able to film him in his last years. And um, I'm sad that he, you know, never got to see the film. Um, but the fact that I'm able to share it with my grandma and George and his brother Lenny and um, my mom and uh, had all the people in his life was really meaningful and I'm grateful that they get to see it and, and the film gets to exist for them too. Yes. Um, if you don't mind, I would like to dedicate this show in honor of your grandfather. Um, you. In honor of your grandfather. Mel, is his last name also the same as yours or is it? It's Schwartz on my mom's side. Oh, Schwartz. Yeah, Mel Schwartz. Okay. I'm going to dedicate the show in honor and memory of Mel Schwartz and may your grandfather's memory, you're welcome, be a blessing to you, your family and your grandfather's memory will be a blessing to all those who see this film and you're honoring your grandfather. And I just think that's uh, wonderful. I'm going to get choked up here. (laughs) Because <laughs> I do get choked up. Uh, I got choked well, up watching so uh, the film. <laughs> You're welcome. I really appreciate um, you doing that. And um, yeah, it means so much to get to share the film with folks, and it means a lot that you it resonated with you and that you got to watch it. And I'm looking forward to sharing it with more people. And yeah, thanks so much for having me on. Uh, you are welcome. I, I'm going to tell you this, Alex. I'm not. I mean this show is in many different platforms and is international, but I also post it in different groups. And I, as uh, these groups will allow me, I'm going to post it in different Facebook um, Alzheimer's-Dementia support groups. And I think, um, you know, we have um, something here in New Jersey. I'm going to send this, you don't mind, I'm going to send your email to someone who is involved with the Rutgers Behavioral Health that deals with Alzheimer's and other dementias. And I think that would be great for maybe like if they have a meeting or something, you know, they could do a community activity. I'm going to send this over to them. Yeah, I welcome that. That'd be great. Oh, okay. Just thought of that as I'm talking to you. (laughs) My mind goes all the time. Uh, well, I want to thank you, Alex, Left, for coming on, doing your film, Cycle of Memory. Um, folks, go to cycleofmemory.com. Mm-hmm. Email Alex um, at Alex, uh, Alex with the at A, cycleofmemory.com. Cycle of yeah, and, and the email is on there as well. And you can, um, the best way to stay in touch is to join the mailing list, and we'll send out updates about how you can watch the films. That's great. I think I am on the mailing list. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure I am. I said, because I saw your other films, your little um, yes. short ones. You can see, and, yeah, you can see the trailer on the website too. Yeah, yes. I want to thank you so much, Alex, for doing this, for you know, honoring your grandfather, carrying on the, the, the blessing that your grandfather was, You'll always have him in your heart. I know he's not here physically. I know it's not the same, but he's in your heart forever. 
so I definitely <laughs> And it's just going to be a blessing to people, and I think that it will bring awareness to people. And I think it also might make people think, I better ask my grandfather or my mom or my dad uh, relatives about my family history, and I better start preserving these memories. And Absolutely. I, you know, I just think that it's just a wonderful um, project that you did. And, folks, this um, show is dedicated in memory of Mel Schwartz. And if you missed any of this show, you can hear it wherever you, you hear your favorite podcasts or shows. I am on Spotify, Spreaker, Apple, just to name a few. It is free to subscribe to Chatting with Betsy. And I highly recommend you subscribing because I have phenomenal guests. And Alex Left was a phenomenal guest. What he did is phenomenal. I know you're going to do great, um, much more phenomenal work, uh, Alex. I could just see you getting into the film industry. And if I'm alive when you become famous, I could say I interviewed you. And please read the blog because it will have information on how you could see Cycle of Memory and get in touch with Alex and get on the mailing list. And I want to thank Jeannie White, who's station manager at Pastor World Talk Radio, who writes the blog, produces the show. I want to thank Lillian Caldwell, who's CEO of Pastor World Talk Radio, for making this all possible. Thank you for listening. Please share the show to help other people. I do this show to help people, to let people know about resources, you are not alone. There is help. And before I go, September is World Alzheimer's Awareness Month. So what a great time to be watching Cycle of Memory, right? September's right around the corner next week, a matter of fact. So I would definitely go on the mailing list, see this film. Let's raise awareness. Alzheimer's, the number six killer. Educate yourself. Go to a doctor if you have concerns about memory loss. And as I always say at the end of the show, in a world where you could be anything, to please be kind. So please be kind, everyone. Until we talk again, this is Betsy Wurzel, your host of Chatting with Betsy on Passionate Rules Talk Radio. Bye-bye now. Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. Are you looking for an internet talk radio station for your podcast? Look no further. At the helm of Passionate World Talk Radio are two women that want to provide a spot for you and your podcast to be heard. There are many other places for your podcast, but PWTR has the audience. You will not be disappointed. Our station has been on the internet for the past 16 years. Call us for more information. 484-364-1032 or text Jeannie White 
station manager at T-H-E-C-O-N-N-E-C-T-S-H-O-W at gmail.com for podcast show details. Thank you for listening to Passionate World Talk Radio. You can listen to this program all over again by going over to https colon forward slash forward slash passionate world talk radio dot com. You can also hear it on Spotify, Spreaker, Amazon A L E X A, AMFM two four seven dot com every Tuesday evening between eight and nine PM. YouTube Facebook, Facebook Live, LinkedIn, and all the other podcast directories one can find on the Internet.